Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode two of the Bull Movement. I'm super excited, Christian. Um, I mean, we just dove in. You guys are gonna love this um, podcast. You know, we we talked about um, Tesla's battery day. We talked about the crazy Nikola saga. Uh, we dove into you know compound interest and personal finance and just the importance of being in the market, being in it for the long term, and be, how stocks are only going up if you do it the right way. So. We went wild on here. I hope you guys have some value. Like always, tweet us at the bull movement. Find us on Instagram at the bull movement. And then we're going to be bringing out the bull movement Twitch. So always interact there. We answer your questions live on Twitch. But other than that, guys, we'll see you. I mean, it's Wednesday, right? So Wednesday, hump day. Markets have been, markets are closed, right? So markets are closed. Marcus and talk about a, a bloodbath. <laughs> I mean, a bloodbath in the markets like, today. Do the markets even know what they're doing now? Like, do they? No, they don't. I would say they don't. Like, I, 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 because, for, first of all, before we before we dive into it, I mean, what's been going on with Nicola, man? <laughs> um, Brandon. I think only he can answer that, and I think that the investors already know. That's probably where I'd go with my money. Dude, twenty one dollars. Twenty. What? What's it down? Isn't it down twenty five percent? Yeah, today. Oof. It was down like twenty five percent yesterday too. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> and, uh, it was at fifty two dollars yeah. on September eighth. Uh, I'd say that's not good. Six month. $79 on Ju- in June. God. Oh. Yeah, for for the for those uh that don't know what's going on with Nikola, the Hindenburg research came out with a report and they basically pointed out it wasn't just one thing or two things or maybe three things or four things that Nikola did wrong. <laughs> it was Seven, what was 75 pages worth? Yes, it was 75 pages. Yeah, let's see. So, Hindenburg Research, let's pull up the article. I can find it. I think this is it right here. All right, yeah. I think it's 75 pages worth of what the company is clearly doing wrong. Wow. And this was literally days after, I think maybe one or two days after GM came in with a $2 billion stake into Nikola. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I think it just shows how, like, like we were talking about earlier, how much these companies want to try to compete with Tesla. You know, you have the stuff going on, like what California just posted, what do they say, by 2030? By 2035? I don't know the exact date, but by 2035, they want to say that no cars in California, that cars sold in California in 2035 have to be zero emission cars. Yeah, 2035. So, I mean, that does that not solidify Tesla's dominance? I mean, if you see, okay, this was the public company that was coming up against Tesla. GM's getting into Nikola. And all of a sudden, the truck that they have a commercial pushing down is that's rolling down a hill, rolling down a hill. They didn't have an engine like they didn't. It wasn't working. That's the, the competition. So it, it's been interesting to see the. you would think it, it, personally, I thought I would have seen a bigger jump with Tesla. <laughs> but 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I th- I think that I think earlier I don't know if it was earlier in the month, you know, when Nikola was popping off, that um, you know, Tesla wasn't, you know, it was it was staying pretty stagnant after a couple really positive days where people were like, wow, people are really bullish on Tesla right now. The call options are coming in, you know, not a lot of puts. It's just like you know, people were seeing, oh wow, Tesla's really doing it, and then Nikola comes in, right? And then people are, you know, oh wow, this this could be a really big competitor, and then it, Tesla start to slow down a little bit. Yeah, because the money was just, really, it, it was just another vehicle, like it was just another EV, electric vehicle company to just go in, put money into, as you've seen, this is what Tesla did, look at their stock, like let yeah. me throw money into Nikola yeah. because they've got hype I, too, I they're think, coming up. And, I, and obviously, you know, I'm sure some of our, our listeners definitely know about Robinhood and, nope. and the uh, the risky, risky games that a lot of people on Robinhood do play. And I'm pretty sure that there was a significant amount of people who were, you know, extremely bullish on Nikola. And then, you know, come to find out, you know, here's how they're playing games, right? Yeah, now he's, I remember the day it came out, the re, the report came out, um, the, the CEO, he comes out and is like, this is just a bunch of BS, like I'm not backing down, whatever. And now this headline here, he's deleted his <laughs> he Twitter account. <laughs> so... He stepped down from the company, deleted the Twitter account. He's about to get investigated like crazy. So I'm guessing this is just, you know, him trying to distance himself from the company, the company trying to protect him as much as they possibly can. He's 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 stepping down, but you know, as you see with these white collar crimes, you know, we know how it's gonna end. Just gonna with the slap on the wrist. You know? I mean that's all it is. It's gonna end with, you know, a couple months in jail. A hefty fine of you know 1.5 million dollars which is probably paper to this guy you know it's chump change and a slap on the wrist you know misleading i mean exactly what happened in 2008 it's probably what continues to happen today yeah i, I think you know that's just you know where we're at at the moment yeah it'll be interesting to see where we go with uh how nicola the the saga plays out but i mean as far as tesla tesla came off yesterday the battery day um and the investors, they, they weren't pleased. They weren't. And I think a small part of that, I, I haven't done too much research on it, but I think a small part of that was due to, I think they were saying that the the price changes in their battery, in their batteries wouldn't happen for a couple of years. Yeah. And I think that's what people are a little concerned about is that it wasn't an immediate, you know, immediate change. Yeah. And I think that's just... It's going to be a huge change. Like it's going to be revolutionary for the battery industry as a whole, but that's just the way these these short-term traders are, you know, it's going to be this is a 3 3-year timeline, right? So, well, we might as well move the stock a little bit, you know. Yeah. But what what I don't really understand, right, is that you know, we're obviously, you know, where most people are long-term investors, right? So most people are long-term investors. Is that the way that the market's moving, right? We expect it to move upwards, obviously, right? But at the same time, I feel like, sorry, I'm completely losing my train of thought. Sorry, that's what that, that's where my point was going. Is that the markets are an indication of the future, not an indication of the present, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not we're not going, you know, you know, investing into a company thinking, oh wow, this company is really profitable right now. Let's put a whole bunch of money into it. It's not what we're doing at all. If you look at, you know, Uber, Amazon, um, 
you know, um, Grubhub, you know, all those kind of a- application companies, they all had negative profits for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't just, you know, one, you know, one profitable year here, you know, a down year here. They were negative for a long time. But the reason that they still kept getting investors is because of the future, what they expected to make eventually. Mm-hmm. I think with Tesla, I mean, you know, in three years, like that's that's essentially short. I mean, that's medium term, but it's not long term by any means. You know, three years is right down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, three years is quick. And I, I think it just comes back to the the stock. And this is just for everybody's, you know, yes, we're looking at a, a 3% drop on the NASDAQ, 2% on the Dow, 2.5% on the S&P. So, yes, the market got ripped today. But Tesla was moving already like this um, during the, the trading day yesterday when they did when they were coming up to the battery day announcement and the and then also after hours so this isn't just the market playing this so i think like you said the majority the bigger like the majority of people are long-term traders but the majority of volatility is short-term trade are short-term traders and so that's a very good point that's what you just have to keep in mind and i don't know about you but Tesla, if we back it out, yes, ginormous run up, right? Like all, like a lot of other big tech names. Yes, this came right after they announced the split. You know, went up to this is post split levels, five hundred dollars a share on August thirty first, the day before the split. And then it fell back, and then sold off after the split to three thirty. Then hung around three seventies, ran up pre battery day four forty, four fifty. 450 again tested that resistance and now coming back down sitting at after hours now 372 this is yeah it looks like it's harsh 500 to 370 i think this is a really good consolidation area and like you said earlier christian when we were talking off off um off camera earnings day keep in mind that's an it's october 21st it's just a month away so that's gonna be really interesting like okay yeah we just did battery day but now we've got less than a month of probably about a week, two weeks in front of it. There's going to be hype building the stock back up. I, I, I see this as as long as there's not a bigger move in the market, which I think today's sell-off, we can talk about that in a second. I really think that Tesla is sitting in a pretty good position long term. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. I, I'm, you know. I think we all we we think the same way in regards to that is that long term, you know, unless you have a company like Nicola, you know, Nicola, mm-hmm. long term your company, you know, you're investing should always be sitting in a good position. You should always have that confidence that it's sitting in a good position, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I I think that you know with the previous earnings report that Tesla posted, and you know how much the stock shot up, you know, li- you know, literally a month. You know, after all this, you know, COVID from March, you know, how much it shot up. I don't see any reason as to why it won't get back, especially short term, you know, get back to where it was. And I think that, you know, people are just selling on the news and then they're going to buy on the news, you know, once the earnings comes out. Yeah. I mean, I I just see this company (laughs) making $60 billion market cap swings every couple of days. And th- I mean, this has been the story of Tesla from the start. Like, this is just a stock that has extreme volatility. <laughs> Elon Musk with, you know, people, 
you know, with small term investors buying in, big, you know, big money moving in. Mm-hmm. I think that's just, you know, what, what causes, you know, all that volatility is just the fact that there's so many small fish in there and there's so many, you know, big fish, you know, that are just trying to, you know, buy in, you know, buy it up, buy it up, buy it up, sell out quick, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Battery Day was an event. Elon tweeted Monday night. So Battery Day was on Tuesday after market close. And Elon tweeted after market close on Monday that the Battery event, the Battery Day event, you know, it's going to be, he downplayed it a little bit. You know, this is going to be some exciting changes, but this isn't going to go into effect for a couple years. And so that kind of like sh- like made some people shudder a little bit. That is exactly what, you know, people are worried about mm-hmm. Which, you know, like we like we were saying earlier is you know con- not necessarily a weird thing but it, you know like all these companies you know they're posting you know negative you know negative profits and you know here tesla is making you know extreme you know really good profits in their company yeah four quarters of straight profitability while also trying to reduce costs yeah you know so it's not like they have to reduce costs by any means right I mean, obviously, that should be the goal of a company, but, you know, they're still making those strides. They're still making, you know, great strides, you know, within their, you know, within their lithium battery, battery industry. Yeah. And I mean, they're looking, they're, you know, they're got a plant coming up. They're looking to build one in Germany. They've got the one in China, right? They've got, they're building one in Austin, Texas. I, th- I remember, I, I knew about the one in Austin, Texas, and I think that, I think that Tesla was the number one selling car in Japan as well. In, in, I think it was China. In China? Yeah, with like when they opened up their the Gigafactory. And yeah. the interesting thing about that is Tesla actually owns 100% of that. And so that's a little bit different. A lot of the U.S. companies going in to plant, put a plant in China, there's a percentage that China owns. And so it's actually a pretty interesting thing that they were able to get 100% ownership in China. And now they're the number one vehicle selling right now. Um, Obviously we're seeing, you know, the rest of that with, uh, you know, with the TikTok, you know, TikTok at the moment. So, and the amount of, the amount of leverage, the amount of just first mover um, market share that Tesla has grown on. And now the, seeing that the EV market is just getting started. I mean, this is just a super positive outlook. I, I see like, I mean, and then seeing battery day, the really improved enhancements of lowering cost, and then also looking to be almost fully 100% vertically integrated um, in their own company. I mean, that's just gonna dominate. It's just gonna dominate. Um, and I, I could see, I could see, you know, next 10 years, I could see Tesla being, and yeah, I know this is, this is crazy. Sounds crazy. I could see Tesla being valued higher than Apple next 10 years. Um, so just we'll, we'll put, we'll hold me to it and we'll see, we'll see later. We'll, we'll look back on it. I think it's also interesting to think, interesting to think about is just the fact. So, you know, with Apple, when Apple was rising, right, you had Blackberry, you had these different competitors, right. But you also didn't have as much as a, of a news network as we do now. Right. So, you know, I'm sure the stock, you know, was wavering. I mean, obviously we're, we were extremely young, you know, when Apple was first joining the game and, you know, how the stock movement of Apple was doing then. But like I said, you know, you had, you know, Android, you had Blackberry, you had different, you know, different people in the game, right? And I kind of am wondering, right? So like, obviously we saw with Nikola that, you know, 
the price of Tesla kind of, you know, settled off and, you know, it was almost like, wow, you know, there's, there's another there's big player in the game. Right. And it's just like, you know, there's all there is that's going to happen again. There's mm-hmm. going to be another company that's going to come in and people are going to be like, wow, this could really take over Tesla. Right. But it's just like, you know, in my opinion, I feel like Tesla, you know, like you said, be, being the first player, especially having Elon Musk at the helm. That's the biggest the game changer. Of, the <laughs> amount of, you know, kind of relatability that he has to people. I feel like that's kind of what's going to, you know, separate the company apart, you know, from its competitors. Yeah. If, you know, if and when they come. I mean, not if they come, but when they come. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of other, there's plenty of other, you know, EV companies out there that are trying to get started but you know it's it's going to be an uphill battle i mean you see the desperation of gm you see the desperation of these traditional these you know gas powered automobile companies over here doing two billion dollar stakes with nicola right i mean that's just desperate that's desperation mode they see the threat with that company right and then you know look what happened look what just happened you know I mean, I'm sure that's not a coincidence by any means that, you know, they put a two, you know, that much money at stake, you know, into the company and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, they take a deeper look and, oh, wow, you know, there's some shady stuff going on. Oh, wow. We didn't do our due diligence. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Nikola's still a $8 billion market cap and I want to say they were about. I think they were 30. Yeah, it's about 30 to 40 billion market cap. Um, and they had never even sold a car and they didn't really even have a working vehicle. And that was supposed to be the closest competitor to Tesla. <laughs> that That is pretty, that's pretty wild. And Tesla's got, I think Elon said something upwards of 600,000, um, reservations for Cybertruck coming out next year. Right. I mean, come on, come on. I don't want to hear any more of this shorting Tesla. I mean, come on, you can't. You just, just if you if that's your thought process, just don't do it because that's gonna be bad news. But what about what do you what are you thinking, Chris, about this? I mean, this massive sell off today. I mean, we're in, we're in the red. Most definitely in the red. You know, as you can see. You know, uh, yeah. I, I think I think that. It does. Def- it definitely has some part to do with the you know recent coronavirus spike in Europe, and I think it has you know has to do with the fact that a stimulus bill, you know, there's doubts on the stimulus bill that's you know supposed to be passing right now. And, you know, it's interesting to look at. So, like we, I think the Fed came out last week saying you know they want to keep their target of two percent, you know, average inflation rate, and I th- and I think uh, the. Uh, Powell, he wants to, you know, he thinks that even with the stimulus bill that would will be well within those within those constraints of having on on average 2% over the next couple of years, because I think I think right now, I don't even think inflation is that high just due to, you know, the fact that people are saving a lot, you know, there's a lot of unemployment, you know, so it all kind of, you know, all kind of bounces out, right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that, you know, that sell off just comes from the fact that, you know, people yeah, pe- people were just expecting the stimulus bill and people were ex- are expecting the coronavirus, you know, to, you know, slow down a little bit. And now that there's a new spike in Europe and that's kind of just how and really all it is, is that's how the news is going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, even though it may be, you know, obviously, you know, there is a spike going on over there, but like how much of a factor will it play? 
and I think that's just what they're speculating on, and that's why, you know, the sell-off is kind of happening. Yeah. I, I know we kind of talked about it in the last um, the last podcast. It was, you know, there's we saw a huge overextension with the multiples and tech stocks and just that stay-at-home play. And now, CN, like you said, the, these cases spiking up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. Like, when's the last time we had an election year in the middle of a pandemic? I about that. I you know about the election. Never. I mean, never. I mean, I don't even. It's probably I mean, never. Like, for sure. Wait, what? What was the Spanish flu? Again. Was it 1916 or something? Maybe I don't know. But yeah, so. That's, there's just so many factors going on. Now to see these movements, I mean, I don't know. The last couple of weeks have just been choppy. Um, once we got well, just getting into September, September's just been choppy. I think it's been negative for three of the four weeks at mm-hmm. least. I think it's been – I mean it, it, the market will probably end, if I had to guess, negative this week. And it's going to be – I think that's going to be four straight weeks of you know ending in the red week, you know, weekly. Yeah. So now with this, right, with the way the markets are going right now, what's your play, right? Are we, at what level are we trying to jump? At what level are these, you know, stocks, these tech stocks, these big names, or maybe more value plays? Um, like what, what are we trying to reposition in? Like what, what levels are we looking at here? You know, like how far does Apple need to go, for example, to get into it? So I think that's a really interesting question, right? So, you know, if you look at, so on my wall, on the Wall Street Journal, right? So this is, you know, the, the news source that I typically use, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you look at, so you look at Apple stock, right? And you look at, you know, what's, you know, what's going on. So let me pull it up. Let me pull it up real quick, right? So you pull up, you know, Apple stock, you know, you see what's going on, right? You know, it reaches a high, reaches a high of a 111, a high of 112, you know, and now it's sitting around 107, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is just for the past five days. Yeah. But what's interesting, right, is that I probably wouldn't venture to say that I'm smarter than, you know, the people who are grading the stocks at the moment, right? Hopefully I can get to a point where that's happening, right? But you see, so you just look at the news, you know, two hours ago, right? Apple stock can't go much higher by these tech stocks instead, right? Apple, Apple stock underperforms Wednesday when compared to competitors, right? So you're seeing a lot of negative news. And I, I and you know, that's what investors are selling off of, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same, you know, level of news, you know, generally, right? Generally, Obviously, yeah. there's insider trading, you know, this, that, the other thing, but generally, everybody has the same level of news, and I feel like that's kind of what's moving, what's moving it. Now, to figure out when it's going to stop, like when the bleeding's going to stop, I think it's like, really hard to do. I think that's obviously something that we need to, you know, keep learning, to keep, you know, realizing, but, you know, I think that, that Barron's just, you know, downgraded apple to you know hold you know no longer a buy but it was a buy when it was at 112 right which you know it's kind of like what how does that make any sense you know you had a buy because now the price target i think you know baron said was 115 so how is it a buy at 112 but now it's a hold at 107 yeah yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like and that's it's just such a quick change and it's like what really changed you know other than the markets moving that was it yeah, I mean, this is and this is something that I've been, we've been seeing, right? Is you see this in this tech run up, right? Like we saw over the summer, and 
up, you know, 600%, stocks up 100%, 120%, 400%, right? And all we're seeing is these analysts come in here and just adjust their price target, increase the price yeah. target, increase the price target, buy, buy, increase price target, go from 300 to 400 to 500, and basically just chasing the stock up I mean, for no exactly other reason. Yes. You know, that's exactly what they did with Tesla. You know, they jumped the price target from like, what, 300 or they, I think they jumped it from 300 to 400 while the stock was at like 440, 450. You know, and it's like, you know, what kind of, I mean, it's understandable. Obviously, you think it's overvalued, uh -huh. right? But the investors don't believe you. And, you know what I'm saying? and this goes back to where you say like everyone's got the same type of news like generally everyone has the same type of news right and so when you have these analysts basically just going crazy with price targets like at what point does this like become a thing where it's like okay maybe this isn't credible like maybe this isn't what because it used to be they people would put a price target in and it'd be like that for a while and now they're just yeah. chasing everything, chasing it down, chasing it up and adjusting it. And it's just like, oh, now I'm just correcting myself, correcting myself. So I don't know. It's like it's in that, that's people making short term moves off of crazy price targets. Like when any bank downgrades something, you'll see a sell off. Like just because that bank does it. Yeah. When anytime someone adjusts a price target goes up, uh, they issue a buy on a stock. Oh, it's going to it's going to jump. And so. I, I don't know. I, I don't really like – you can't really trust so them. There's so much volatility. You know, with the, just the amount of volatility that's going on that, you know – but, you know, even with that amount of volatility, like if you're really, you know, evaluating the stock and trying to see what goes on behind it, it shouldn't be – you know, they shouldn't, you know, oh, you know, people are really buying Apple today. Oh, you know, the, the financials don't really make sense as to why, you know, it's such a high price right now. But, you know, the, the investors are saying that it's, a, you know – 130 mm -hmm. oh, let's raise let's raise the price target to 115 yeah. raise the price target to 45 and i feel like just you know as soon as someone sees that they're like oh my goodness apple's gonna get to 145 let me buy in right now at 130 yeah that's the thing that's one of these things on yahoo finance right literally i'll scroll down here on the right it's will basically compile all of the analysts um different upgrades downgrades their price targets and so for example apple right Everyone's price targets, all these 37 different analysts average out at $119 is their price target for Apple. And so right now you see, oh, the current's 107. But then you go and look at these dates and it's like on September 23rd, maintains to buy, send someone else downgrades. Then someone else goes from buy to buy or whatever, and then to outperform. And so... What what's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, you're ask you're asking the right questions, right? You know, I, I mean, you know, it's gonna be a long road to figure out, you know, how how we go about investing and you know the type of investments that we want to do, you know, short term, long term, um, you know, whichever financial markets that we want to get into. But I mean, man, I mean, it is, it's kind of wild to see, you know, the the amount of changes that, you know, just like that. Like what? Like what changed? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like what changed other than the mere fact of the of the stock price, right? So like you know, did they post bad earnings? You know, did um, you know, did the event go wrong? 
was there a scandal that came out? Was there bad news, good news? Yeah. You know, so like what changes to make, because I feel like with Apple, with Apple in particular, right, nothing changed other than the market itself. And that's, and that's the thing, like, okay, if the market movement, like we said a little bit earlier, a lot of the volatility is based off of short-term movements, right? Short-term trades that are short-term traders, right? Day traders, you know, that's the volatility, right? The long-term traders don't move the market as much because, yeah, they're long-term. It's not like they're making moves every single day. And so if the fundamentals have stayed the same and you are a long-term investor, when it goes down and the fundamentals are the same, it goes down on an event, an event, it goes down on a headline, whatever, maybe that's your buy. Maybe those are your buys as well as if it's at your levels that you like, then yeah. it's your buy, you know? That's when you yeah. scoop up shares. So I, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to see Apple. We'll see. I mean, they're good. This, it's September 23rd, right? We haven't seen the iPhone 12 yet. Who knows? You could see a pop with the iPhone 12. You could see more of a decline. Who knows? We're, we're going to find out, though. Um, another thing I wanted to cover. Wait, real quick, real quick, BJ. Yeah. What's really interesting, too, right? And I, I think it's so funny, right? So it says, Apple stock can't go much higher. Buy these tech stocks instead, right? Mm-hmm. So you just read that headline, right? Really, it can't go much higher. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, you know. So it's three year, right? Apple is at forty dollars in twenty seventeen, right? You know, stock split happens, you know, and now it's at you know one twenty five a share, or you know, gets to one twenty five a share. So what do you mean it can't go much higher? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to say that about the S and P? You know, because if you're saying Apple can't go much higher, then you're essentially saying that about the S and P, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like what kind of sense does that make? You know, like oh, Amazon. You know, Amazon can't go much higher. Oh uh, yeah, it can, and it will. You know, I get like. What do you mean Apple can't go much higher? I guarantee you, you know, in in five years, Apple, as long as it stays on its course, which I'm sure it will because there's so many, you know, millions and pro- billions of people at this point who use Apple products, they're going to keep using them. Yep. So I'm sure, you know, in f- another four or five years, Apple's definitely going to be 150, 160. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know so it's like, so it's like Apple stock can't go much higher by these tech stock instead. Really, it really can't go much higher. I disagree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's just short, it's just news catering to short term, you know? I mean, that's, think about it. It is, that is. All of these headlines, like, all the movements, short term movements, are based off the headlines. All the headlines are new because it's short term news. So, all these fluctuations, when you start looking at, okay, Movement up, movement down. If you start backing it out, back it out, back it out. Yeah, lots of dips, lots of ups, lots of downs. But now you start backing it out. I mean, I'm looking at Oracle's chart, for example. And yeah, plenty of ups and downs. But it continues to go higher. It's a solid company, you know? So that's where it just comes down to like you being, you have to just be confident in your in your picks. Like confident in your own basis because you're going to get hit with different news line news headlines every single day good bad ugly whatever it is and you just have to fall back on your own you know own rules your own you know program that you basically sit with your that you're going to make these investment decisions decisions off of decisions off of right yeah if you if you bought apple you know at you know 
because personally, I bought Apple at 113, right? You know, I sold out of a couple oil stocks that I wasn't, you know, very confident in, right? And this is all me learning, right? Like I could have stayed in oil, could have taken it out, but you know, I, you know, I invested in oil, bought in at one, I think 113, 112 was my, you know, what my buy-in point. Like, wh- why would I sell? You know, like why would I? You know, Apple stock can't go much higher. You know, I feel like someone who looks at that, who just bought into Apple, you know, at 113, at higher, you know probably like five six percent higher than what it is right now oh no oh apple apple can't go higher i'm you know i'm screwed like no you're not you know you're a long-term investor first right you can get into the short-term game but you're a long-term investor first if you want to get to a short-term game and that's something that you want to learn and try you know try power to you right i think Mm -hmm. that's something that we're trying to do right now yeah but you know we're a long-term investor first and i think that's something that a lot of people need to keep in mind especially at our, our at our age. Yeah, I, the time so if if you're listening to this and you're not long term like if you're younger and really younger, I mean really it's just if you're anyone and it's not long term you're trying to get in stocks for like the gains and you're like basically constantly watching and like getting in and out of positions the time that you get out of a position and the market goes up, it's going to be hard to get in the position if you're not, like if you're just solely focused on profits here and there. And all the time that you're spending on that, you're losing the long-term advantage of what makes the people at the top so rich. Like take Warren Buffett, for example. Like all of his trades, they're long-term investments. You don't see like when Buffett was younger, he, it's not like he was over here dealing in options and day trading and all this stuff. It was him spending the time that he would spend watching technical indicators, trying to find entry and then get out. He was spending it reading about the company, going into his financial statements, the cash flows and understanding that this business and the market that it's in is going to be appreciate. It's going to appreciate and it's going to be a good investment. Once he figures that out, he moves in on it and he's confident. And then he lets the market play out. And I mean, Buffett's got billions of dollars. <laughs> so that's that's the game. You have to be long term. And we talk we talk about stocks only go up, right? And that's because good companies, I mean, their the stocks are only right going now. up it's, in the long term. It's called the bull movement for a reason. Yeah, that's that that's it. The bull movement, stocks are only going up. <laughs> but if you're a short term trader, and you get slacked and smacked in the teeth with negative three percent today, and you're over here like freaking out, taking losses, and like getting in and out of positions. Don't expect stocks to always go up if that's your mindset. You got to be long term. <laughs> and I, I think it's interesting. So you know, obviously, you know, we look at our portfolio. You know, no matter how, no matter, and let's just get this straight. No matter how big or small your portfolio is, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? You know, it. You just need to have one. You just need to look into it, right? But, you know, if we're just looking at, you know, how our portfolio was moving during the coronavirus specifically, right? I, I lost, I, you know, I lost, I, you know, probably have been investing for, you know, maybe two, three years total now, right? And, you know, just from, you know, the year, my year's investment, right? I lost all the gains just from one year, you know, at the worst of the coronavirus in March, right? And you look at that and you're like, oh, no, no, I need to get out. But why, you know, why get out? 
you know, had I gotten out, I would have, you know, lost out on all the gains that I've, you know, have right now, mm-hmm. which had been recouped since, you know, since the end of March, you know, I've recouped all gains from, you know, a year ago now. And I feel like that's just, you know, that's just the mindset of a long-term trader. And that's kind of like what you have to have if you, you know, want to be successful, you know, with your portfolio. Yeah. I mean, you only, you only lose when you sell, you know? Like when you yeah. actually solidify that you're, you no longer have that position. That's it's, when you it, lose. You know, it's called unrealized for a reason. And that's another thing. Like don't invest in the stock market if you aren't able to make your bills that you got to pay. Like make every month, right? Like be able to live your life. Because if you're doing that, when the stock does go down, when the market does crash and you don't have money, or all of a sudden you don't have, you know, you, you lose some paychecks, you know, you lose your job, you get furloughed, whatever it is. If that happens and you have no other option, you have no reserves, then you do have to go sell your stock at a loss, potentially 50, 60, 70% down, 40% down, whatever it is for survival. for survival. So if you don't have survival reserves, then you should get those first. And then long-term invest and build on both at the same time so you can be solid all around. And I mean, that's just it, that's just basics of personal finance. Personal, exactly. And you I know? think, you know, you know, Dave Ramsey, I think he's obviously a really big player into that, you know, really safe game, right? And, you know, obviously I think we both have the utmost respect. I love watching his YouTube because I think, you know, he's great. You know, but then there's obviously, you know, some parts, you know, where we, I feel like we do disagree as to, you know, the amount of risk that I'm willing to take, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't want to leverage credit or anything. I don't want to have, you know, 15, 16%, you know, interest on, on what I'm investing in, right? I wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, if if I want to go ahead and take some risk, if instead of, you know, saving this amount of money just in cash, right, which I could do, I, you know, I could throw it into the stock market. I could throw it into, you know, call options if, if that's something that i want to do i feel like you know th- with the amount of risk that i'm willing to take on right now for the payoff later mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not afraid to do that you know just because now especially in my in my 20s i can take a lot of risks you know because i have you know a, a, a security blanket essentially that you know i'm so risk young i'll figure it out right i don't have i don't have too many bills i don't have you know kids that i have to worry about i don't have the wife that i have to take care of at the moment you know, so I feel like if you can just take those kind of risks now and learn from them rather than taking them later, you know, I feel, I feel like that's kind of the mindset that I'm in. Yeah, I mean, the thing that really changed the game and my mindset um, when I first got into investing was just taking a look at the compound interest calculator. And realizing that you tell me that I put $300 in an index fund over 30 years, every single month I put $300 in an index fund and which just tracks the market over 30 years, I may have, I don't know what the number is, a million dollars, over a million dollars in my account. Okay, sign me up. Right. And so just seeing that, but then it's like, okay, now you have to do it today, this month. It's hard. 
it's hard to say I'm gonna sacrifice this three hundred dollars, and then I'm gonna sacrifice thirty. I'm gonna sacrifice basically thirty six hundred dollars a year. And it's just human nature to be short term, like yeah. you know, looking at that. But I think that's what changed the game for me when I realized, look, anybody can be rich. <laughs> like anybody can. You just have to be disciplined with that and that that's kind of what changed the game for me just taking a look and i encourage you if you if you haven't taken a look at a compound interest calculator this the index the market as a whole on average goes up the last 100 years it went up like 10 percent on average now take some taxes away use maybe seven and a half percent if you want to be conservative on you know what your account's going to look like and do a an annualized return of seven and a half percent and see what you need to put in every single month to achieve whatever your goal is, however much money you want to have by whatever age. And yes, obviously not going to be a guarantee that that's what happens. It just goes off of history. Um, but yeah, go see that. I encourage you, like check that out and see, you know, how much of a difference it can make when your contribution is, you know, $100,000 and you've got a million dollars in the bank. That's compound interest. And that's, just the broadest term of index fund, right? Or you can go in here, learn even more about it and invest in companies that may be bringing you 15, 20, 25% annualized return, okay? You build your own portfolio and you've got it that way. But if you're just someone that's like, look, I just wanna keep it simple. I don't really like like it, but I just you know I need, I understand compound interest. I need to get in the market. I, go, go check out the compound interest and just put some money in an index fund every month. You're, it's not, you're not gonna be disappointed. If you can be disciplined yeah. with it, it's it's almost a no a no lose game. You know, it's a win. You know, it's a win. You're gonna win in the long run. You're gonna win. You know, and you know, like you said, you know, if you're not interested in this kind of stuff, that's perfectly fine. You know, there's there's you know, you don't have to be interested in everything everything that you see, right? But you know, as long as you understand that it's something that you should do and almost something that you have to do, you, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah, I I think. One of the things that, you know, it can be intimidating seeing all these four letter tickers, three letter tickers, all this stuff, right? Start out by putting some money in an index fund. And then what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing? What's, what's the thing that you spend the most time on? Maybe it's your iPhone. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you play PlayStation all the time, right? And you like Sony, right? Who's the company that owns the thing that you like? Who's the company that you really like? See if they're a public company. If they are and you understand their business, maybe you look at their, you know, start looking at their financial statements, you know, do your own little look into it. But if you just like that company and you believe in it, maybe you put a little bit of money in that, right? You almost, almost don't even need to, you know, because, you know, the things that you like, right, are most likely things that your friends also like, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, with the Sony, right, you have a PS4, right? Millions of other people have a PS4. Your friends have a PS4. You're playing PS4 with them, you know, every night, you know. Go ahead and invest in Sony, you know. You know, you look at, you know, AMD, right, with gaming computers, right. I, I get an AMD. AMD looks like it's crushing Intel right now. You know, I got an AMD for that reason because it's, a, you know, a cheaper price point. Go ahead and invest in AMD. I mean, yeah. it really is that. It really is that simple. <laughs> yeah, I mean so well but that's i mean that's that's basically the that's the meat of it you know that that's <laughs> the basics of and i know we were talking we were talking to one of our buddies right 
and there's people that I know as well that's like sitting on 15k, 25k, just sitting on it. Like I've gotten them to go into a move their money to a higher yield checking account, um, interest wise, and they were like, "Wow, I'm getting." I'm getting $15 a month. I'm getting $20 a month in interest, right? And people are, people probably think, oh, wow, you know, that's so small, right? But it, it, is it really that small when you compare it, you know, to the amount of inflation? You know, I mean, you know, ho hopefully we keep preaching the same thing over and over again, but, you know, time value, time value of money, right? You got you to understand it. That a mm dollar -hmm. today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. So how do you, you know, leverage yourself and, you know, you convince, you know, you convince them, you know, to put it into, you know, into your money market account where you're getting just a little bit more interest and you're not losing as much money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're guaranteed you're making money, but some people are afraid to just change that, like change the two high yield checking accounts. And I think, I don't know what it is like, but it's just being comfortable, not feeling like, you know what you're doing. I don't know what it is. I guess um, just a lack of understanding. You know, mm -hmm. and just, you know, ca cash is king, you know, coming from a mindset of, you know, cash is secure, you know, cat, you know, I'm safe with the amount of cash that I have on hand. And, you know, obviously, you know, that's necessary, right, for especially, you know, certain things, right, if you have, you know, kid, you know, I, that's not, you know, my expertise at the moment, right, you know, having having things that I need to do, right. But, you know, I, f I feel like that's just kind of where it's coming from, where, you know, people think, oh, you know, I don't want to get into the stock market because, you know, this cat, like, it's $25,000 is $25,000, right? And they don't, I feel like people don't really realize, you know, the amount, the, like, how far it could go. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It's, and that's why I just say, when people are, you know, interested, skeptical about it, I just say, just look up the, just, I just send them the link to the, ca the calculator. And I say, look. Here's what the market normally goes up every year. Now go pick your favorite companies and see how much they go up every year. And then come talk to me. But I think I think the market as a whole Wednesday, right? Yeah, I got ripped out. But I'm, I'm interested to see what tomorrow holds. There may be some more buying opportunities. That, like you talked about the corona um, spikes in Europe. We could be seeing something like that in the United States soon. That could be some of the stuff that's baked into the sell-off. Um, we yeah. saw what happened in March when we had to shut down the government, right? When we had to shut down the economy, I mean. Um, and there's potential fear of something like that happening again. But if that happens again, if you've got money on the sidelines, I mean, look how quick. I'm just looking at Oracle still for some reason, for the same reason or whatever. But in March, Oracle was at 53 bucks bottom august went up to 82 so and that's one and that's a that's not even a crazy jump like some of these other stocks so just keep an eye on it see what happened when something when the economy shut down if we see another pullback on a 15 20 percent pullback get ready because you'll be able to move into the market and make some money. I mean, we, we saw how quick the recovery was with help of the Fed and their stimulus. And we know that they're going to keep on helping. Yeah, I, th I think it uh, I mean, probably just to, you know, to close out this podcast, I really think that, you know, the, the Fed, the Fed making a decision, if they could, you know, pass another stimulus check bill. I think that would be 
pretty huge for the markets. You know, yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, we see how much it's they, you know, the markets have changed just you know on investor speculation. But you know, if you do see another another wave of you know essentially relief checks for people, I think you could, you know, you could see you could see you know the mar- markets breaking records again. You know, mm-hmm. just like it did you know, I guess a month ago now. You yeah, know, especially with more. this pullback that we've just seen, tech yeah. the biggest gainers pulling back. You know, twenty percent. If a relief bill comes in, I, it's almost a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I feel like, yeah. but we'll see. Only time will tell. But either way, stocks only go up, baby. <laughs> it's the bull movement. That's all it is. Thanks for tuning in to episode two, guys. Um, if you if you got any value, um, be sure to you know hit us up Twitter at the bull movement, Instagram at the bull movement. Um, we want to hear your two cents, right? We're making this for ourselves. It's our journey, but we're also building it for you. We're trying to bring some value. So hit us up. We're also doing this live on Twitch as well, you know, so we're going to be, you know, messing around with, you know, maybe a potential pod uh, channel for just the bowl movement. We're streaming it right now on our individual channel. So, you know, we'll probably be tweeting that out, you know, next time we do it, you know, this is a learning opportunity. We're growing. We're just figure th- figuring things out. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, hopefully, we can build an audience, build people who want to, you know, learn about this kind of stuff and kind of just, you know, take it from there. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you guys on the next one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode two of the Bull Movement. I'm super excited, Christian. Um, I mean, we just dove in. You guys are going to love this um, podcast. You know, we, we talked about um, Tesla's battery day. We talked about the crazy Nikola saga. Uh, we dove into you know compound interest and personal finance and just the importance of being in the market, being in it for the long term and be, how stocks are only going up if you do it the right way. So we went wild on here. I hope you guys have some value. Like always, tweet us at The Bull Movement. Find us on Instagram at The Bull Movement. And then we're going to be bringing out The Bull Movement Twitch. So always interact there. We answer your questions live on Twitch. But other than that, guys, we'll see you.